Warriors Bucks. Welcome to the Warriors Podcast. I'm Tim Roy. The Golden State Warriors in the middle of a seven-game homestand will take on the Toronto Raptors, and that's going to be on Sunday. And coming to the game that day will be Mr. Mean Larry Smith. He's going to be on hand, and I had a chance to talk to him, and you're going to hear that conversation in just a minute. Now, if you've listened to our conversations with Monte Ellis and now with Larry Smith and you like them, tell somebody. Let them know that we're trying to crank out some of this good material for you so that you can better enjoy Golden State Warriors basketball and NBA basketball. So without further ado, let's get to my conversation. Larry Smith drafted by the Warriors in 1980 out of Alcorn State. He would show up in training camp and realize that he had a role to play, not only with the Warriors, but with other NBA teams. We talked about his career and his life and some of his great memories of playing in the Bay. There's a steal by Stockton. He goes coast to coast. When he was younger and lighter, he used to do it with a great deal of proficiency, but Mr. Mean has wiped two of them away that were look like certain scores. Foul against Terry Teagle. Who just checked in, he fouls Stockton. The Jazz feel that they can attack the basket, but the Warriors do have some quick leapers, and Larry Smith reacts very quickly and spikes that one away. First of all, uh, how are you? How are things? Uh, I'm great. Uh, I'm, I'm just happy to be around here to uh, see 2024. So other than that, you know, I'm, I'm feeling fantastic today. Just happy to be here. Yeah, I think everybody's that feeling that way. I assume that you're still down in Mississippi. Is that true? Yes, I am. Okay. Last we spoke, and I don't know if you remember this, this was years ago over the phone. Uh, you were working at Alcorn State, your alma mater. You were doing some, I believe, some athletic uh, fundraising and, and, and things of that sort. Did, did that career uh, continue to go on? And how many years did you spend at the school? Okay, well, no, uh, actually, I have I, I'm no longer uh, working for the university. Um, and I was actually there for, uh, geez, I'm thinking uh, for 14 years to be exact. Wow, 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 wow. That's cool, though. You get to go back to your alma mater and, and do something. That had to be a lot of fun for you to be back on campus. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it was great working with the kids. I, that's one thing I really enjoyed. Since last we spoke, the Warriors have become this worldwide brand that we've won four more titles. Uh, so, you know, tell me a little bit about your reaction to that. I know you played for the Spurs and for the Rockets as well, but but tell me your reaction to the, the Warriors becoming this franchise that's now, you know, up on par with the Lakers, the Knicks, and, and the Celtics. Well, um, you know, I, I think it's been great. Um, always – uh, a warrior, because as you remember, that's the team that really drafted me. So my heart is always there. Uh, and I think that the franchise has been very, very successful. The guys have been great. And the teams, uh, hey, they, they, they are winners. And everybody like winners. So I think they did an outstanding job. And I'm just happy to say I was a part of that memory. 
you know, it's funny too, because a lot of people will say, well, you know, players like uh, Larry Smith or players of your ill couldn't play in today's game. And I always shake my head and say no, because you always have to have guys that are willing to, uh, to do the work around the glass, to work in the paint. And, and let's face it. Uh, I think every team needs a guy that's not, overly concerned with how many shots he gets up or how many points he scores. He's more concerned about winning. <laughs> well, absolutely. And, and I still think, uh, you know, basketball as any other sport is a game of adjustments. And I think you have to adjust to the era you play in. So uh, I think uh, nowadays the, the game has got away from the, all the banging and the things of that nature, uh, the three-point shot is being more, you know, it's, it's, thing, it's the thing of the day, kid. So I think uh, uh, just being in different eras, uh, it's, it's the way how the game have evolved. But being that you could not play back then, I think that's, I, would, I wouldn't say that because, like I stated earlier, uh, it's a, a game of adjustments. So you can adjust to each era. Now, let's go to your high school days and when did you realize that maybe you were good enough to play at the collegiate level and your high school coaches who were influences on you well uh, my high school coach uh he, he, he i think he was my big uh my big motivator at the time because my favorite sport at the time was baseball i, I love baseball and, and i really wasn't interested in basketball that much but Due to, due to my size, I was kind of forced to do so. So when you talk about uh, baseball, what position? First base. First base. All right. little yes. little power yes. here. Got a little Willie McCovey well, in your I, I had a little pop in my bat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was fun, Dan. But as I got older, uh, I kind of grew. And, and my uh, teammates kind of encouraged me hey man you're so tall why don't you play basketball you don't do that so I kind of got into it that way because I was tall and I got tired of people telling me that's what I should do so uh how did you end up at Alcorn State well I um in my during my senior year um uh coach Whitney at the time uh, came by my school actually and to recruit me I didn't know what was going on at the time because I have never, I have not, I did not hear from Alcorn State during that time. So uh, he just came by my school and, and looked, you know, and talked to me a few, talked to me for a little while. And the next thing I know, uh, he visited my mom. And when I got home, he was at my house with my mom. The next thing I know, she told me, hey, 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 Larry, you're going to Alcorn State. <laughs> and that was that. <laughs> Smart man. Went right to mom. Did didn't screw around. <laughs> it was that's cool. But it had to be a, a a pretty good fit for you because not only did did you play there, you coached there, you came back and worked there. It had to be a great fit for you. Well, absolutely, because uh, all along uh, during the time uh, didn't have a whole lot of scholarships. Uh, couldn't afford to go to school at the time. Couldn't pay to go to school. So uh, Alcorn came around and they offered me a scholarship. And something that uh, I really, really am grateful for at the time. And, and, and I have no regrets whatsoever. Everything worked well for me. I went there, had a great time, had a, a pretty good career there as well. And everything turned out great. So I'm, I'm just, thank God for pushing me in that direction. You're kind of modest. You guys were undefeated one year. You 
you guys had some pretty good teams there. I mean, uh, you know, but you, you know, you were playing at a college that people would have called back then a small college, you know, it's not, not a big 10, not an sec school. Uh, but when did you figure out that maybe people were getting, looking at you as a potential NBA player? When did that happen? Well, I think when you win, uh, continue to win games, uh, people have a tendency to, 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 to see what's going on with that particular uh, person or school or team at the time. So I, I think that was one of the main reasons because we were winning so much and people want to know, well, why, who's this team and why are, you know, why are they winning some of the games to see who they are? And I think that was one of the biggest issues or reasons why I think I got noticed because at the time uh, I was doing pretty well. Uh, my numbers was pretty good. Uh, and plus, we were winning games, and, and I think that was the big difference. In 1979, I believe Sports Illustrated mentioned that, well, if Larry Smith doesn't get a, a jump shot, he's not going to make it in the NBA. Did you kind of use that for some motivation? Well, actually, um, I, I was told uh, that I wasn't good enough from elementary I would say oh, wow. I, it goes way back. It just doesn't start at, at up at, at, at university at Alcorn State University. It started even when I was in junior high, high school. Uh, everybody said the same thing. You were not good enough. You will never be good enough. And you just don't have the tools or the talent to do it. And so thank God uh, I was around. I proved all of those people wrong. You know, it's funny. I've been around the league for over 30 years and uh, it's I can list I can list uh, two dozen guys who are kind of like you. They were told they weren't good enough. But what do they do? They come in. They work. They work all the time. They get better. They adapt. They do what the coaches tell them. They show up on time. And uh, it's it's a great thing. I tell people this all the time. The best players don't always make the NBA because they don't want to put in that, that sacrifice. And so congratulations on a great career. But, but I had to, when I looked at the sports illustrated thing and I started thinking about it, I imagine when you walked into training camp in 1980 with the warriors and you looked around that gym, you got Bernard King, you got Sonny Parker, you got world be free. You got Purvis short. You probably looked around and said, I may not be getting a lot of jump shots on this squad. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, with those guys, uh, with the right team is Dan, uh, mine out to with wait, uh, with all these guys out here, it's the goat, those guys, your name, Per short man, uh, BK, those guys, world, uh, Joe Barry, and those things. I looked around and say, wait, uh, I know there's not going to be a lot of shots, but where could I find my niche on this team? How would I get playing time? And I just thought about it. Hey, I got to do what I do best. Rebound the basketball, play defense. I think playing time would have come. So that's sort of the things that I've looked at and, 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 and say, hey, look here, I know I'm not the greatest players, but I, I can do things that some of the other guys don't do as well in order to get playing time. You walk into training camp and you get your first nose-to-nose, face-to-face, Al Adels experience. What was that like? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Coach, Coach Al. He scared me to death. <laughs> you 
you know, I've been, I've been sitting here being real feisty and, and this and this. And when I met him, uh, he just was, uh, I, I was intimidated by him, very much so, very intimidated. But the greatest guy in the world. Absolutely. Is Coach Allen. Absolutely. And you're not the only one that says that. Every one of the former players I talked to did echo that same sentiment. So uh, what were your thoughts on, on playing for the Warriors back then? What do you remember? It, it, I loved it. Uh, it. It was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me, I would say. Um, the, uh, the, 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 the organization was great, terrific. Fans, astronomical fans. Uh, and it just was the people made you feel like family. And that's pretty much what the biggest thing with me. Uh, regardless of what happens, they always you know, cheered for you and, and, and had good things to say about you. And those things that I really, really appreciated more so than everything. They got the greatest fans in the world uh, there in the Bay Area. And I, as of today, I still love them to death. It's great fan base. It's it's. I'm so honored to work for that fan base for so many years. It's it's, you know, I've been with them through bad times and now through great times, and and they have never changed their passion about it. Uh, I wanted to ask you. I wasn't really sure how you got this nickname, but how did you get the nickname, Mister Mean? Uh, the name, Mister Mean. Yeah. <laughs> well. Uh... My, uh, the SID director at Alcorn at the time, um, I was real quiet. Uh, and, he, and he noticed that I never talked to anybody. And he said, he just came to me and said, Larry, uh, man, why you always look mad all the time? Why you, why you, why you never say anything? Just like that. Because I was real quiet. And, and that's how I got that name. Uh, that because I, he said, I always had a frown on my face like I was mad at the world and all this things in nature. So. Thank to thank to him, uh, he gave me that name. And now, what as of today, it still stands with me. Oh yeah, it is. It, yeah, it's when, <laughs> when I say your name to uh, some of our older fans, they say, "Oh, Mister Me," you know. So the <laughs> first thing that comes out of their mouth, you uh, you were go to the Warriors, and you're playing alongside another Mississippi great and Purvis Short. I get to see Purvis when we go to Houston every year and, and talk to him a little bit. Were you aware of him in, in, in high school and, and in, in college? Absolutely, because uh, Purvis, as we called him short man at the time, uh, he was, uh, uh, you know, we played in our conference. We played against right. him all the time. So I had to face him, uh, and, and it was it wasn't anything good, because <laughs> they had they had a really really good team, and and, and he was he was he was tremendous. I'm talking about I never seen a guy could shoot the ball like him, and then at the time, but yeah, I, I knew Purvis way back as they say. He's probably the best warrior never to make an all-star team, yes. you know, because, because yes. the, and I tell our young players, I point over to Purvis in Houston. I say, you know, that guy averaged 28 a night for us. And they go, what? Yes. I said, yes, he did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he had the rainbow jump shot of, of, of Purvis short. I love that. What, um, you have a, a world be free story we can share. Well, uh, you know, world, <laughs> uh, well, I can say is him. He, he, you know, he, he's one of those New York guys. I always have to say this: uh, competitor, talker, but a guy could really put the ball in the basket. And he's a, he's one of the most confident guys I know. 
So he believed he could make every shot and believed no one could ever stop him. So and it was great being a teammate with those guys. Uh, I, I had tremendous teammates at the time uh, across the board. And, and he was one of those guys that would never dull a moment with him, I would say. Yeah, that's true. I think it's still true in Philadelphia for a <laughs> world Cup free. Uh, Bernard King played alongside Bernard King. You talk about another guy that could could really score, and you get him on the break that left side. You are not stopping him. What was he like? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Big K. Uh, I at the time I never seen anybody get out, get out on the break as fast and can finish like him. Uh, he's a guy could you know he could get you thirty and drop a hat. But he's a guy that comes out night in and night out. He came to play, and that's pretty much what I, I really you know, appreciate about him. Uh, he would come out every night in and night out. It didn't matter. and compete. And it's, like I said, it was all about winning at the time. And, and the guys competed, uh, played hard. And, and we all, like I said, we had, we had a really good great, great group of guys, I would say. And, yeah. and, I, and I, I, won't, I have to reiterate this, too. Uh, Sonny Parker, I just want to Make sure I call, make mention him because he's the guy that really brought me and put me under his wing, and I always will love Sonny P for that. He really took care of me, and I really appreciate him for everything he done for me. Yeah, he was, you were his his rook, you know. He took, he took <laughs> care. Of you. So, yeah. what, what what did you have to learn about the NBA? Well, I, I had I had a, a lot of mentors. Uh, my my the guys that was there, they they kind of kind of threw me in the fire at the point one time and told me, hey, look, here, these are the things that to be a good professional, these are the things that you have to do night in, night out. And and I tried to do the best I could with that. Uh, I tried to listen to those guys and, and tried to hear what they were telling me. And I, I think it worked out well. Uh, I have, like I said, I had no complaints about that. I had a good relationship with all the guys. Uh, uh, and, and even though we didn't win as much as we like, but we had, but as a group, we was tremendous together, and I really enjoyed my time with them. I always talk about those guys right now, uh, how great, how great they were, and how they helped me become more of a, a, a better person. You know, it's funny because in today's game, that team would have been a, a playoff team probably multiple times over because now so many teams make the playoffs now. What do you think? And you guys had some talent, obviously, on those squads. What do you think that team was missing that could have maybe pushed it to the toward the top? Gosh, you know, I that, I don't know. We had we had we had talent across the board. You know, make no mistake about it. We had we had good players at every position, pretty much. Uh, we had one of the top. I thought at the time one of the top young students in the league, Joe Barry Carroll. He's the guy could get you. You know, he could get you twenty a night. Purvis Short, Bernard King, World Free, all these guys. Uh, at the time, uh, uh, you know, I guess I would say that we were we were not as de defined as a defensive team. I would say to get us over the hump, to really lock down folks and and stop people from scoring, you know, at a high rate against us. But I think that's one of the things for us. We were really not just I would say a lockdown team, like a lot some of the teams are uh, back then, but. Uh, we just, you know, and, and, and place the fact in the Pacific Division, we play the Lakers all the time, <laughs> you know, those yeah. guys, you know, uh, all the time. So it, it, Phoenix Suns at the time, all those times, you know, scouts, you know, and Seattle Supersonics, those teams. So it was a lot of good teams back in the Pacific Division, too, as well, at that time that we had to play against. 
And, and I thought, you know, we 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 were we we had a good team, we had a good mix of guys, and we had good guys. But you know, it's it's all about you know coming together at the right time. And and at the time when we did win games, uh, we came together and last we know we did get in the playoffs. Now we don't. Yep. We did get in the playoffs a couple times. So, but I think that was the difference. Uh, coming together, uh, we know what we have to do, and just coming together as a group. What was playing for George Carl like? A young George Carl. Well, it was, I would say, Max time with, they were unique, <laughs> I would say. Uh, you know, I, uh, at the time, uh, I, I had to battle because of the, I think at the time, I think, I think when George, when George, when Coach Carl got there, he, he was a guy who wasn't really, wasn't getting really sold on me, I would say. Okay. So, so I know I had, I wasn't one of the guys that could, you know, could do all those other things that some of the other guys did, but I did bring something to the table. So, being he's a younger guy and he had different ideas on what he want to do with things. So uh, he had to try to fit somebody in that he thought would could produce, I, I would say more at that position. So, but that was the, you know, the challenge. That's, that's how, it, that's how it goes. You know, yeah. guys come in, you, you come in, you, you play, you're not good enough. Gas replace you. But at not one time, I didn't feel that I was good enough, but I just had to prove to him that I deserve to play. Well, you, did average almost 12 rebounds a, a game in that first round series in 87 against uh, Utah. And if I remember, there was a little uh, fracas in that series. Is that, did, what do you remember of that? Well, <laughs> well, you know how tempers get the flares. Sometimes, yes. sometimes guys get, get hit and, and things happen of that nature. Uh, so and it isn't like a little heated series that we know we always get them and we plan these guys and they they were like they pretty much had our number most of the time. So but we felt that you know we could beat these guys. We felt that we come out we we play we compete and we be tougher and play tougher. But one thing led another. You know somebody get hit and you know somebody hit somebody back and <laughs> bam there we go. <laughs> if I remember, George Carl was in the middle of that too. If I remember, yes he was. Yeah, I think Greg <laughs> Ballard was there, and I think Greg was one of the instigators. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah but but one thing too uh, about Coach Carl too, even though those things were happening, he did have your back. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can say that he doesn't go be out there. We have a, you know take care of that situation. Hey, before I let you go, I, I have to ask you. Uh, you hit the floor one night. You look over, you're warming up, and there's guys in the baseline, and they're wearing hard hats. Uh, what was that like, and and how did that make you feel? I, you know, I, I really don't have a word for that. You know, I, every time I think about it, I get teary-eyed about thinking about that. Uh, I, I love those guys. You know, it's the only way I can say uh, they, 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 they were my inspiration. Uh, they, they my motivational tool. And, and and I really I really appreciate them so much, and I and as of today I still have my hard hat on my mantle that they got for me. Oh, that's awesome! And that's been that's a long awesome. time ago. Yes, I still have it. The guys, the, the guys autographed it and everything, and I treasure it today. So uh, every time I every time I look at my mantle, I think about that, and it just bring just joy to me. You know, in and. You know, if he, we all have these moments where we think, oh, what am I doing? Is, 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 do I, am I having some sort of an impact? All you have to do is look at that mantle and you know you had an impact that you had. You may brought some joy and some excitement to people's lives here in the Bay Area. And 
we're just uh, thrilled that you're part of the Warriors legacy. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And as of all, I'm always a warrior to the day I die. I appreciate your time. We look forward to seeing you out here. And, and I hope to get a chance to press the flesh when uh, you come out. And, and well, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm looking forward to it as well. Larry, thank you so much for your time. You've been more than gracious. And uh, again, congratulations on a great career. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Larry Smith. We have more coming your way in just a matter of days. So please tell people about the Warriors podcast. And once again, go back and listen to our old episodes. We have one with Monte Ellis earlier this year that I know you're going to enjoy. So please check them out right here. Again, for producer R.C. Davis, I'm Tim Roy. Thank you once again for listening to the Warriors podcast.